Hey, this is Todd. I just want to let you know right before we listen to this here episode that Jared informed me that he wanted to share something with you listeners out there. 15% off all pickups on my website, everyone. (laughs) Which is hilarious because he just wrote this thing down for me to say. And I said, do you want to say it? And he goes, no, no, you say it. So now he said it. Anyways, yeah. So that's 15% off all the pickups on his website. Through December, use code KNOBS, K-N-O-B-S, and you will get a sweet deal from Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. We are super thrilled that you are listening to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. Uh, we have a super great episode this week. We've got a super great episode every week, doggone it. I'm I just going to so. go ahead and say that. Yes. We got somebody very special online. Hey, this is Scott from SNK. Hey. <laughs> Scott from SNK Pickles. P- Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I, was, I don't know why I said pickles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me try that again. One more time. Yes, we've got Scott DeBockler on the line from S and K Pedals. We are really excited to dive in to understand what his pedal world is all about and the pedals that we have in front of us. Gentlemen, we've got a couple of announcements, just real quick. I just want to do a humongous shout out to Doug Christ, who is one of our patrons on Patreon. Uh, He posted something that absolutely made my day. I'm not going to read it verbatim because I think that'll be a little bit self-gratifying. Although I read it about 20 times and I shared it with many people because it meant a lot to me. That is to say... Everybody out there who is doing that, we really, truly appreciate it. And I'll give you the general gist of what it was about. But It was about inspiration and it was about following through with your inspirations and things that you're interested in. And I encourage those who are thinking about experimenting in the, you know, in the pedal world or the guitar world or just learning more, diving in deeper, like, man, do it. Every single person that we have on the show seems to say something along the same lines of like, I really had no idea what I was doing, but I really wanted to do it. And then I just did it. And now I'm here. And uh, thank you so much to Doug for sending that note and, um, and everybody else who sends stuff. It's uh, it's really, truly appreciated. Yes. Uh, also, Thanks, Doug. make sure that you're checking us out. Uh, I, I was also informed Spotify is uh showing more episodes now which is great we love it yes that's excellent uh and if you are looking on itunes or spotify and you're like hey there's only a couple there's only like 20 episodes on here you have to go to our website but we don't charge you for that you can get them all every episode that we have is on our website even the first one to them there even the first one but honestly don't go back that far first is the worst <laughs> <laughs> first is the worst yeah it's a little rough i'm just saying so anyways, make sure you dig into that. And also, we had uh, John Anglin who who was asking, hey, what happened to the merch on the uh, website? Well, I took that down because it was kind of a hassle keeping track of inventory and blah, blah, blah. And so if you want a shirt, you got to email me direct or 
Better yet, become a patron on Patreon. Then you'll just get it. And yeah, then you get all the other stuff too. So anyways, any other announcements, gentlemen? Uh, no, not for me. Tony, welcome back. You're missed. Yes, thanks. It's good to be back between vacations and some family things. Uh, had to skip a couple of episodes, but I I did listen, uh, to, I think, to... Uh, you post two of the ones that I wasn't on? Uh, like three. Three. Oh, so yeah. yeah. I, I lost it's count. It's been a little rough. And then we just recorded one where you had to go out again. So uh, yes. anyways. But uh, uh, but yeah, so it's good to be back. I feel the seat feels comfortable. The mic feels comfortable. The headphones still fit. So excellent. we're good. Good. All right. Gentlemen, let's get into what's going on in our music world this week. Let's hear from Scott first. Well, um, most recent thing, I picked up a neck from EGC. And put it on my PVT sixty. Ooh, that's been a lot of fun. Nice. Is that that's a natural finish T sixty? That's red. Ooh, uh, a red even one. Better. Okay. Factory red. Really? Yep. I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen a I factory have, red one. I think I have. I, I had a I had a, a brief moment in my life when I I actually had eight T sixties. Really. <laughs> Yeah, what they were so cheap. They were so, they were just they're, cheap. They're great guitars. Yeah. They were still made in the USA too, aren't they? Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were. Uh, yeah, Chip Todd. That's the the T and the T sixty and the T forty. Worked for Hartley mm-hmm. TV, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, those. I mean, and the T fifteen, and the T fifteen, and the twenty, and the twenty seven. Yeah, and all the, the twenty six, all, all the T's. What differentiated yeah. those model numbers, like pickup configuration or the type of wood? Or yeah, well, I mean, some of it, like the the T fifteens, were like the student model, so they were a little, yeah. they were short scale, short scale, smaller body. Usually had yeah. the amp in case. Okay, and, like the and old Scott, you have the T sixty. Yeah. Nice. So tell us about tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, um, I had it for a while, and. Didn't really like the neck because the neck's so small on it. Um, and by small, you was, mean uh, skinny, how, wide, thin, thin. It's a, I have very big hands and I'm used to like a Les Paul. Gotcha. And it was very, uh, there was no fretboard on it. Like someone just fretted a neck. Oh, uh, a cheese grater. <laughs> yeah. So I had been eyeballing the next from EGC for a while and I actually sent a message to Kevin uh, and I was like, Hey, just a chance. Would you think you'd want to do a partial trade? So oh, nice. uh, I know he collects pedals. So he has one of my pedals now and I, he knocked a little bit off the price of my, uh, my neck for me. That's great. Cool. What good did you go with the, with the PV style headstock on it or. Uh, no, he only does his own. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so it's the three by three with the open in the middle. Cool, interesting. So it's factory. Is that a so is that a white pick guard on it? No, black. Black pick guard. Why? I've never seen this. Yeah, and I I'm familiar with those. I that's one of those models that I almost bought like five times and I just didn't. They they made a factory blue model. Mm, I've seen the blue. They made a factory white mm. model, but by I mean in a red one. Most of them, are but naturals. most of them are natural. Yeah, occasionally you'll see these. Uh, Sunburst ones. Oh, that's right. Yep. Mm. Sunburst as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Tony, hey. how about you? Well, okay. I'm gonna. I, hopefully, I'm not gonna steal Jared's. No, no, no. Okay. No, you won't. So, uh, so last night, Joe Bonamassa was here in Columbus. Who? Uh, Joe Bonamassa. Uh huh. You might have heard of the guy. Is he a magician. Yeah, I think he is. He does okay. pull a rabbit out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this time for sure. But uh, so anyhow, he was uh, here at the Palace Theater in Columbus and. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I've, I've done a lot of work for Joe over the years. And uh, when I found out he was coming into town, I said, hey, can you hook me up with some tickets? And he said, sure, not a problem. And then uh, day of show, I said, hey, is there a good time to come down and say hi? You know, and so he said, yeah, come down about six o'clock. And I said, okay. So I brought my uh, flying V. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 58 replica. And uh, I, I had him sign it. And That's he was, rad. And he was he was actually a little hesitant to sign it. He said, yeah, he was. He said, this is a really nice guitar. Do you want you sure you want me to ruin it? <laughs> I yeah, said, I'll sign it under protest. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But we got to, to hang with him for a little bit before the show. And then we had really good seats for the show. So, JB, if you're listening, thanks again. We had a great time. And uh, we'll see you on the next time through. That's cool, man. Yeah, that was my first time meeting Joe. And uh, he was human and laid back. I mean, more so than what you would think of any celebrity, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it was that was a good time. How about you, Jared? Oh, okay. All right. So, again, with the Jazz Master projects, again and again and again. I oh, know. I still have to order you a neck, don't I? Yeah, that oh. second neck. Okay. I- that's coming soon. Okay. But anyway, I, I one of the uh, guitars is could, actually could be put together right now you know, if I really want to push it. I just need a uh, trim system and a bridge. And, you know, when you you think of building, you know, a uh, uh, Jazzmaster type guitar and you want the best stay in tune hardware, you automatically think of mastery. Mm, I do. And then when you go to price it out, you're like, okay, what else is there to <laughs> choose from? So, I I mean, I almost went on there and bought the stuff. And then I thought, eh, I'm going to search around. And and um, I called up uh, our good buddy Chase with Chasing Vintage. And I'm like, hey, I, I know you have experience with this stuff. What do you think of the mastery stuff? Is it worth every penny buying? He says, yes, it is. However, you could get away with... Uh, some the the stuff they sell at Stuart McDonald, and uh, I know Tony's giving me this funny look, but it's true. He said, uh, "Yeah, if you buy the the uh, system from Stumac, I know how to you know shimmy this or shave off that or I don't ex- exactly remember what he said, but he said he can you know fudge the thing so it just stays in tune all the time, just like a mastery. Mm. But you know, he says." What sells the guitars are the mastery, though. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think the mastery bridges, especially, although I, I haven't used their uh, Jag Jazzmaster tremolos, but I'm sure they're every bit as well made. It's just from a, you know, from a metalworking standpoint, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of machinery. Yeah. And it and they do work. I've I've got masteries on a couple. Um, another thing that you can do if you're going to use a less expensive, whether it be a Fender or the Snumac or all parts or WD, whatever, is use a Mustang bridge in place of the, um, the Radley, um, Jazzmaster type. Jazzmaster Jaguar yeah. bridges. Those, I mean, they're, they're a lot better. And then there's also a couple of options. The there same, too. uh, same spacing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right, totally. Perfect. There's a, there's a company in the UK called Statrum that makes a really good Mustang style bridge for, for those types of things. So, okay. but at the end of the day, I mean, mastery is it. I'd right? still, even if you just went with the mastery bridge, I think yeah. you'd be happier. Uh, and then you could use just about any trim. Oh, on, I just see that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a lot of dollar difference. It is. It's considerable. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I was mowing over this week. Interesting. I can dig it. 
How about you, Todd? What's Ooh. going on in your world? Yeah, well, What's I have up? a sort of an indirect uh, guitar thing. I recently traded. I like trading things, and and uh, especially when it comes to guitar things. Uh, I wasn't expecting this trade, but there was a fellow that said, hey, uh, I'm really interested in the... I had a 212 uh, cabinet. It was really nice cabinet, a twin um, vintage 30s, Celestian vintage 30s in it. It was made by Carvin. And uh, he traded me some tattoo work. And, and I really was hoping to get the money because I needed my... Well, you know, everybody needs more guitar money. And if you are... Uh, if you have adult responsibilities like being an adult and having kids and stuff. It's like, I don't know. Most of us probably have our own like stash. That's just recycling that money. (laughs) Not necessarily getting new money. Um, Hobbies are expensive. So anyways, uh, he traded me out and that was a Biggs tattoos. And uh, so massive shout out to Biggs. He did an awesome job. I got a, I got a Musashi uh, style uh, Ronin Japanese character. So, uh, I'm really happy with it, and uh, that was that was kind of fun, cool trade. It it I mean it hurts, you know. <laughs> it's not my first one by any stretch, but it's every time you're still like, why wait, why am I doing this right now? This hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, they say the more it hurts, <sighs> the more it works. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that's that's what happened on in my week. Um, anyhow, so. I think we need to get into some... One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Okay, Scott, give us your four on the floor. All right, number one is going to be the EAE sending delay. Uh, I heard a lot about this from John because I work with John a lot. Uh, all through the John. process. John Snyder. Oh, everybody drink. There he is. <laughs> In fairness, I told him last night, I said, uh, just so you know, if you, if you haven't caught the last couple episodes, because I know you're a busy guy, we've now turned your name into a drinking game. <laughs> so, <laughs> he thought that was pretty funny. All right. So, all right. There's our, you're our first official drinking game, <laughs> Snyder. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So, continue. Uh, have you had, have you guys had a chance to get your hands on it metal yet or no? No, no, you should. Well, you really should. we will try. It's, he, he spent a lot of time on it. And I talked to him a lot while he was building it. And it's just the delay that's going to stay on my board for the foreseeable future. That's awesome. I like, I like a lot of delay pedals. I have a lot of delay pedals on my board right now, actually, mm-hmm. but a lot of them get cycled out and, uh, that's the one that's going to be sticking around. Okay, that's cool. So what is it about that one that, that is just doing it for you? It's got a really nice preamp in it, and it gets a nice nice little bite to it and nice little overdrive uh, to the repeats, and it's it's just dirty enough, and it, it feels good, you know? Cool, cool. Is it a, now, is that a big footprint, uh, or is it a standard size box? No, it's a bigger footprint. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, uh closer to it's it's think of like a memory and some kind of size okay yeah, yeah gotcha not not unlike uh not unlike your pedals uh it's his a little bit bigger than mine okay gotcha uh excellent well you like delays what do you got for number two uh another delay is gonna <laughs> <Okay>. be the <laughs> airline kilobyte okay yep 
we get that one's been on many many times and uh philippe uh listen we just we just email me back and get on the dang show like uh, caroline comes up all the time totally and i've told him that he's like i know i want to come on but uh we got to get him on the show so somebody give him a big elbow, a nice, a nice cuddly elbow to the old ribs and get him <laughs> on the show. Uh, so tell us about what you love about the kilobyte. It's a different kind of dirty from the, uh, the sending. Um, I don't like anything too clean with the delay uh-huh. and they're both nice and dirty. And uh, I really like the, Havoc, he's calling it on it. Yes, yes. So yeah, that's that's, that's why it's a pretty unique pet. I mean, there's a reason that that has come up on our four on the floor so many times. I actually have a bunch of his pedals too, and I, I use the heck out of all of them. Are they all on your board currently, or just they're kind of just around? All on one of my boards. Wow, that's I I covet that board. What do you got for number three? Um, I wanted to do a reverb and it was hard to really pick, but I really liked the adventure audio, whatever. And I was really shocked to hear when they said it was their lowest selling pedal. I know. Right. I, I was too. I mean, we, I, I was shocked just like you were, we were both shocked. Ouch. What? I was shocked in real time. That's <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like such an accessible pedal comparatively to their other ones. You know, that yeah. is like, how is that the lowest selling pedal? Really? So, yeah. yeah. It's got a, it's a great feature set. It's a great price point and uh, it's well built and I've never had a problem with it. It's a good I way just, into the brand too. I, yeah. I like when, when pedal builders, uh, you know, have something that is an entry pedal into the brand because all of us we like we like getting uh we like brands we like once you decide that you like something you kind of gravitate towards more of that you like to champion the brands that you like tony rickenbacker whatever what um <laughs> and you know <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a way to to hang on to 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 feel closer to the brand so no, i think that's true yeah. i think everybody likes to do that yeah and that was actually my first adventure audio pedal. There you go. See, so, it was perfect. a gateway pedal. Mm. Yep. Interesting. And you're, uh, I'm assuming you're friends with the guys there. Yeah. Cool. I talked to Christian now and then. Good. Okay, Scott, what do you got for number four? The nerd knuckle effects lip splitter. Excellent. Nerd knuckle effects lip splitter. Hey, Brad. Let's all just say hello Brad. to Brad really quick. Hello, Brad. Brad. <laughs> nerd Knuckle. Uh, I'm a fan of the Nerd Knuckle. I have the Benefuzz on my board right now. Which one? The Benefuzz. Oh, that one. Yes, it's a nice nice little pedal. So tell us about the Lip Splitter, my man. It's, it's really a utility pedal, um, but I have a series of amps set up ready to play at all times. So it's right now, and I like to be able to run more than one at a time, and it's perfect. Nice. So that is a, it's, it's a router. It's a, yes. what, yeah. Okay. So is it Buffer, a router, uh, ground lift phase inverter? So it's a mighty handy utility. Yes. Is it technically an ABY? Uh, I had him build it for me as, um, just a two switch, um, a on, off and be on off so it's not what he typically builds but normally it's a uh it's an aby mm-hmm. and he that's a, that's another one of the etch pedals right he i think all of his pedals are etched correct yes he etches them yeah i actually have him etch some stuff for me 
Yes, we're looking at one right now. We'll get yeah. into that in just a second. So yeah, Brad makes some really great stuff. Uh, I I hope that he starts making uh, that he he gets some more uh, some new pedals out. I know that uh, he, he's got quality stuff, so it'd be great to see more of him out there. Cool man, that's a solid little four on the floor. Be sure to go to our website to check out what this will actually look like after the episode. You can click on the links. You can get the information on this and all of the other four on the floors. We have many, many, many. So if you like a particular builder uh, and want to kind of find out what has tickled their toenails as far as pedals go, uh, that's a, that is the best way to do it. I can, I can say that that's the best way on the internet to actually find out how, which pedals they like the most. I'm just saying that. I said right. toenails. Okay. Okay. So Scott debacler from, uh, S and K pedals, not S N as in Nancy K, but S and K pedals. A N D like an ampersand and like an ampersand. That's right. Well, it is. Yes. Oh, uh, I, I use, I, I use both just because of the um, spelling of the web address. Aha. So. Uh-huh. I knew I wasn't crazy because I'm looking at one that says S and K, but I had to do this or I had to uh, put some stuff in earlier and I was like, wait a minute, it's S N K. So either or, you will find them on the pedals, but the actual web address is sn as in Nancy kpedals.com, right? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So you came on our radar via Drew from Fopstar Amps, uh, also guitar tech to many bands, including the Smashing Pumpkins and the Deftones, Fleetwood Mac, and Fleetwood Mac, and many, many others. Uh, What's up, Drew? Yes, Drew. Drew. We're hoping to have him on the show at the, sometime in the beginning of the year. Um, he was very. He's got a lot of information that we want to, to to talk to him about. But anyways, on his four on the floor, he mentioned your pedals. So uh, we said, well, we got to dig into that. I believe it was the VHD, actually. Um, so again, if you are if you want to go find out what his four on the floor were, go to the website and you can check it out and see what he says about these pedals right here. So we got a hold of you and now you're here and we've had some good chats offline. It's been pretty cool. You sent us a couple pedals. You sent us the VHD and mm-hmm. the CMO. I'm just calling it the CMO for short. You want to give us the full title of that? CMO uh, sludge. CMO sludge. Uh, now, when I read that, I was like, CMO sludge. Hmm. And then I plugged it in. Now, I'm, I'm not really sure where the sludge part comes from because to me... I felt like this was one of the clearest and most responsive drives slash preamps that I've ever played. Thank you. It was really kind of anything but sludgy to me. Tony, you totally. played it too? Yeah, yeah. I actually had to turn the the highs down a little bit because it, yeah. it, it, can, it can be bright. I guess I it depends too. on guitar and everything yeah. else. But uh, that one in particular was really interactive yeah it was super responsive and it had um i like to when tony and i are talking about pedals and stuff i sometimes i'll use the term like it it pushes air um i've got several drive pedals that kind of sing like the sound like you know when somebody's doing vocals or singing you can you can tell when they're singing out of their their diaphragm or their chest it just sounds much bigger and you can feel it as opposed to like singing up in the the nose or the the head and some drive pedals that i have i i don't feel anything out of it i can hear it mm-hmm. but 
you know, I, I plugged yours in, uh, the CMO and I was, and I was pleasantly surprised. I really, really liked this pedal quite a bit. Um, thank you. Yes. And it played well with other pedals, which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put it, put it through the ringer and I played it through, I played it through my jazz caster. I played that and that's got a telecaster bridge that I was using. I did it through the P nineties, both of which are Jared's yeah. and, uh, uh, Brandon wound pickups. And I played it through my Viking Hagstrom. That's basically the three guitars that I use in my band. And I, I was like, holy cow, this drive actually works really well with all three pedals. And not a lot of drives I have do that. So what's with the sludge? Or not uh, the, uh, all three guitars, not three pedals. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what sludge. What's up with that? Well, that pedal is modeled directly after the preamp of a Sun Beta lead. Uh huh. And that amp was very popular with sludge bands. For those who don't know, what is a sludge band? You think of like the Melvins. Um, basically, I was kind of going after the Melvin sound, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the sun, the sun, pre- the, right the, sun the sun preamps were. Uh, that seems to be a popular platform for a lot of things. W- why is that? Like John did his. Um, Drink, everybody drink. There it is. Hey! <laughs> Did his son preamp, but that was based off of a, a tube amp. And uh-huh. this is directly off of a, a solid stand amp. Uh-huh. So I pretty much follow the, the entire preamp of that amp. Uh, well, one of the two channels, because it has two uh, identical channels that could be run in parallel or AB. Okay. But this is just one of those. I see. Um, it seems as though like the, the it's it's kind of like the sun or the echoplex seem to dominate all sort of I guess preamp um, modeling or uh, influences. I'm I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm I'm almost certain that the uh, nerd knuckle pedal that I mentioned is also modeled after a sun amp. I'm not sure exactly which one the, the front of it, the logo he has on it is mimicking the sun logo. And I think I recall the story that that was the case. So, but they don't sound anything alike. We're not even remotely. No, no, no. Yeah. This is a rock box people. If, if you are looking for something that plays really straight ahead, I would say maybe non colored, Tony, could, would would you say it's not not colored like? Yeah, I it's mean, just it's straight drive. It's, it's, it's yeah, power. It's very amp like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. I think too is uh, I think you can get without yeah coloring. I guess would be the 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 term. Yeah, if if we're thinking about like a like a like a tube scream or something that feels colored right. to me. Yeah, um, yeah, because it it has its it its circuitry kind of adds something to the sound. Yeah. Whereas this, I think it's just, it, it seems to really just take a, a, a guitar signal. Like I had, I ran mine into a, uh, one of the Vox, uh, AC 15 hand wires, which is kind of my test one. Cause I set that for clean mm-hmm. and then I know what that sounds like. And then when I, run I would have liked like, to have heard that live. Cause that amp is loud. Yeah. Yeah. And my dog, my poor dog with <laughs> He, his ears were like shaking. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I guess I better turn this down, but no, I just really enjoyed, I, I enjoyed both of these pedals. Uh, but, uh, but this one is just, I, I think, yeah, I, I could see where you could use this with really in any setting, even, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's country or, 
rock and roll or yeah. anything else in yeah. between. Uh, Excellent it's, stuff. It's cool. Uh, and then the other one we have in front of us is the VHD. What is the story behind that? Um, well, that that was before the the precursor to what I ended up doing with the the SEMO sludge. But that was the distortion channel out of the Ampeg VH140C, ah. which was a solid state amp that they made in the 90s and was very popular with various hardcore metal, death metal bands uh-huh. um, that, I mean, they don't make the amp anymore. If you can find one, they're only about $300 for the head, but that's if you can find one that's still working. Interesting. Oh, wow. And uh, I actually I've sold a decent amount of those pedals to guys in Australia because they want that death metal sound, but they just cannot get the heads in Australia mm. because they're not going to pay to ship a head. They'll uh, pay more in shipping than they will the head. Exactly. Yeah. It's a handsome pedal too. Like honest, uh, it's it's just really really straightforward. It's all black, and you know, it's it's super solid. When I handed this, when I gave these to Tony, uh, I said, Tony, all right, one is going to sound like, <laughs> like, like unapologetic, straight up rock and roll. That's the CMO. And the other one is going to sound v- very unapologetically pure distortion. Like if you, <laughs> yep. if you turned everything to nothing, it would still be distortion. <laughs> yes. Uh, that said, it's, it doesn't sound ridiculous. It sounds, it, it sounds like a really quality uh, I think I think it's got a lot of dynamics to it. Oh, totally! I, yeah. I, the thing I really liked about it was the uh, the uh, what you call your ultra mids. Uh, that that mid, what, what you've you've got that one nailed down to a T because you can dial in any. I, I turned the the mids all the way down and. I thought it was Tom Schulz for a second there (laughs) (laughs) playing all my Boston riffs. (laughs) It sounded great. And then when you crank the mids, I mean, it's, it's total Marshall land. So I, I I really Marshall, 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 Marshall. That's right. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed both of these pedals and that's kind of a rarity because usually I have issues with at least one pedal, (laughs) but uh Cool. Yeah, we. I, I'm you know glad you sent these to us because these are really fun to play around with. Thank you. I'm very flattered. The distortion pedal. I played that. I kind of left that one at home and put the uh, put the CMO on on my board and brought it into band practice because I'm sure a lot of listeners out there have run into this. And if you're the guitar player, uh, maybe even the only guitar player in the band. And everybody else is standing around waiting at practice where you're like, well, and hang on, let me just, I just got to adjust a few things because when you were playing at home and you got it all dialed in, you're like, yeah, it sounds awesome. (laughs) And then you go into practice and you're like, I can't hear anything (laughs) or, uh, you know, because typically you have your bump, your bass up and then, you know, it gets drowned out by the bass player or the kick drum and your highs get, all of the stuff gets whacked out. So uh, I was very pleasantly surprised when I was able to play it at home. It sounded amazing. I took it to practice. I plugged it in and the rest of the band was like, whoa, nice. What is that? Yeah, it rocked. And really quality builds on these two, for sure. Thank you. Um, Scott, how did you fall into the pedal making thing here? Well, um, when I was in high school, yeah, it was high school, high school and college, I was working at a local music store called Lou Rose Music. And for a couple of years, I was just kind of working the counter, 
and it was mostly one of those music stores that they did lessons and sold student model guitars and everything. Best part of that shop was they had an excellent repair shop in the back that was run by Dennis Kager, who was uh, the service manager for Ampeg's for, for uh, Ampeg back in the sixties. He did work for Yamaha. He did work for Reverend. He was the one that did Sundown Amps, which was distributed by Hoshino for a while. Huh. I haven't heard of Sundown Amps. Tony? Uh, sounds familiar, but yeah, I don't think I've ever played one. Okay. Yeah, they were built in New Jersey and, like I said, distributed by Hoshino, and they just were not marketed properly. Hmm. But uh, really cool, solid amps. I have one here because I kind of felt obligated to have one because (laughs) I mean, I do use it and I do love it, but uh, I couldn't, couldn't not have one. Sure. I get you. We all have friends like that. We're like, all right, I'll, I'll buy that from you. (laughs) I don't need it. (laughs) Right. Like I said, I was working in the front of music shop, eventually made friends with the guys in the back. And he picked up on the fact that I did have like a mechanical aptitude and I did have, was good with my hands and everything. So he brought me back there and basically that's where I learned how to solder and work on amps and everything. And that was in through part of college. I started modifying watt pedals and boss pedals and everything. And that kind of kept me going on it. That's kind of tricky too. I've modified a, a boss pedal or two and those are little tiny boards for the, you know, and they're not and exactly the easiest things to get out of those cases. They don't make it yeah. really easy on you. And it's just really easy to cook one of those boards. Yeah. Luckily, they're cheap. Well, I guess that's a good... If if you can, I guess, do really well on those early on, then you pretty much got it made for everything else. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, it moved into kits and everything and picking stuff up by just reading as much as I could on the internet and picking people's brains and basically just slowly moved into wanting to build my own stuff and trying to build my own stuff and met people like John. Hey! Oh boy. Yeah. So when you were, you know, when you're talking about meeting all these guys at this point, are you already building pedals or you were, you were thinking about it and you were inspired by talking with them and they helped you with how, how, what was that interaction like? I was still building just kits, modifying stuff. Um, Hadn't really branched much into building anything original or unique. Um, going on to like tag board effects and building boards one at a time the hard way. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, started talking to guys via Facebook that I learned Eagle CAD and started building my own boards and oh, okay. kind of took off from there. So you weren't necessarily bread. Were you doing like breadboarding at that point or you just went straight into digital programming? I think I probably have breadboarded one thing in my entire life. I, so I kind of skipped that. Well, yeah, I mean, not uh, everybody does that, but uh, it's uh, kind of curious. Some people really love the breadboard process. I know, uh, you know, we've got a, a, a couple ex folks that have been on here. Um, Yellow Cake likes to show his breadboards a lot. And I know some people just flat out don't do that at all. So yeah, just curious. I, I just never had the patience for it. And it's it's almost an art on itself that I couldn't hang on to, you know, I couldn't get, get into. I had been doing, or I still do CAD work for my day job. So getting an Eagle CAD was pretty easy. Ah, okay. You you went with a path, path of potentially least resistance there, which is, hey, that's more resistance isn't always good. Uh, that's a little technical joke for everybody, I guess. Ha ha ha. 
but, ca- but capacitance <laughs> is. Capacitance is, yes. Yeah, cool. I'm curious when builders talk about the building state, it's one thing to say, I know a sound that I'm going for, or I know a kind of either functionality that I'm trying to do with a pedal, then they either meet with the breadboard factor or as you're talking about the CAD factor. I had a, I had a good a good understanding of how schematics were laid out and everything, and I understood them. I think it really started with I was modifying like a Amex Distortion Plus, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, okay, I modified it so much. I couldn't really do much more without destroying it. And I was like, well, I, I need to make something out of this. I want to make something a little bit more permanent. And that was like the reason for me to go in and learn Eagle. So I did that one project. And my second project was actually the VHD. Interesting. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a little bit of a jump. So note to self uh, for, well, not to myself, but other selves. Note to other selves uh, who are you know, thinking about getting into pedal stuff, I know that it's the CAD is so much more accessible now than it used to oh, be. Oh, totally, yeah. It seems like much more people have a, a greater exposure to that now. Uh, so the idea of having to learn pedals uh, through bedboards it may not be for you. So then that's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, it's the accessibility of um, board manufacturers at this point. And it's really stepped up in the past couple of years because, I mean, I actually saw a, a note on like a Facebook memory of trying to figure out how to get boards made at one point. Mm -hmm. And it was, it wasn't that long ago that I was trying to figure that out. Can you explain that process a little bit just uh, for us real quick? You start with your schematic and you have to have your schematic finalized. Each of the components that you're putting onto your schematic has a package attached to it. Right. And just for those Uh, who don't know what a schematic is, that's basically the layout of your, of the actual circuit board. Yeah. You know, connections between the power, the input and output of the pedal, resistors, capacitors, et cetera, in your circuit. Those have what are called a package attached to them. And that is something that represents whatever, you know, if it's a quarter watt resistor, doesn't matter what resistance it is, it's one size, but it gets a little bit trickier when you get into which capacitors you're going to pick. Right. So that's probably the, for me, was the biggest learning curve was spending time digging through Mauser and digging through the like small bear. Um, which are sites that, uh, that provide those things, right? Yes. Yeah. I, it started with small bear and what I learned more about it, it was easier to go dig through Mauser and all their drop down menus to try to figure out what you need. And uh, I ended up build, you know, building myself a database, which I shared with a lot of people. Well, that's I'm friends cool. with. Yeah, that made it a little bit easier for a lot of people to get what I considered good uh, component selection. Mm-hmm. And so you, you knew what you're starting with, you knew which packages you had to pick and everything. So once you have your schematic finalized, you jump over and start creating a board. And for me, it was a lot of trial and error, just laying out the board, uh, trying to make the connections between it. So you have, you know, your input where you want it, where you output where you want it, and be able to can make all the connections between the components properly. Right. Because I mean, um, that that's a whole other thing is like, it's one thing to design the sound for something, but then you also mm-hmm. have to think about your, the physical uh, placement of everything. So um, next time anybody cracks open one of the, one of their pedals or is looking at the pedal layout, especially if it's something that is a little bit more complex in the actual layout of the knobs and stuff, uh, you might want to appreciate the effort that it took to do that um, or even just to have a whole bunch. You know, you've got five knobs in a row 
and your output and your input and your power basically all in the same area on your pedals, which is that's not easy to do because everything's all jammed up in there. So appreciate the art, people. Yeah, I was, I'm lucky that I have a good grasp on being able to move things around in my head in 3D. And um, beyond that, I spent a lot of time with a pair of calipers and just, you know, a little time here and there at my day job trying to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. We'll edit so that. I, there was a good, <laughs> I don't work there anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was a good amount of time where my lunches were spent, um, like planning out the VHD, uh-huh. trying to get it where I wanted it and do, uh, you know, doing layouts for friends and everything and, and kind of just going here. Yeah, this will work. Let me know if it does or doesn't and we'll take it from there. And it was just a, you know, throwing my knowledge out there and trying to collect back as much as I could to, as feedback to see how I was doing with it. Right. Was it hard to source the boards? I imagine that's always something in my head that it's just like, there are a lot of prohibitive steps for doing this in my head because I don't know how to do much of any, I like mod, I like doing little mods and repairs and stuff. That's, that's a lot of fun. But the idea of saying, Oh, I'm going to make this from scratch. I, you know, no, obviously that is not my bag of chips, but it seems as though the hardest thing to do is lay out the actual board and then get the board made. Although obviously and get a it lot to of fit inside it. of a box and then get it to fit inside of the box and all that stuff. Um, so. uh, and getting it, sourcing the, the, at this point it's actually really easy um, to get boards made. Um, I actually had some boards show up today uh, that I ordered a couple weeks ago, but there's a company, I believe they're in Portland. Um, called uh, Osh Park, O-S-H Park, mm-hmm. that does all the purple boards you'll see and people that make short run board, like short run builds or something. Um, and then there's a couple of companies that are based in China, um, Easy EDA and uh, Seed, which is uh, three E's in it. And it's really user friendly. Oh, wow. Huh. And, it, you know, once you learn the the steps of how to prepare the file for that you get out of uh, Eagle to work with those companies, mm-hmm. like Ghost Park just takes what your Eagle files and will make you a board. Interesting. So it's it's really accessible at this point. And I think people are having fun with that right now. A lot of times you'll open up boards and they'll have some little fun saying on it or they'll be shaped. Interestingly, I know like Beatronics is going like off the wall with those things. <laughs> um, and, and so are several others. Uh, so it's, it's cool that, that builders like yourself are able to say, I'm going to have fun with the sound. I'm going to have fun with the packaging and I'm also going to have fun with the actual electronics. That's pretty cool. That it's, it's, one of the ways it's just kind of put your stamp of like your thumbprint on it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's easy for someone to go in there and, and unfortunately try to copy some stuff you do, which I mean, you can't really copyright a circuit, but you know, you can, you can, you know, show what you can do through your, like your board layouts and how your pedal actually sounds, you know? Now with your pedals, uh, you know, these ones are pretty different looking. Are you uh, at all motivated by having sort of a a recognizable line? Is that something you're working towards or are you just kind of making each one their their own thing and uh, letting them be? 
each one is their own thing, really. I mean, it's just kind of what in my head fits. Like I, the VHD is black with the simple white graphics like that because it mimics what the amp itself looks like. Uh, the SEMO sludge looks like that because, you know, I sent a board to Brad from Nerd Knuckle and he said he was going to make some enclosures. And I said, oh, cool. If you're going to make some enclosures, do me a favor and send me one. And he came up with the artwork on that one. I have one that's the board is actually shaped like a pentagram. And <laughs> if you stand it, in the middle of it, are you safe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the enclosure itself has the same, you know, has artwork the same shape. So it, the artwork lines up directly with the board inside it. Well, that's cool. Which is funny because you don't really see it unless you open it. Mm. So I like when people open my pedals and look in there. I'm glad you do. You mentioned that. You know, we've we've kind of talked about it a little bit before, but I think if you got pedals that are made by a person and not like you know, obviously Boss isn't doing anything interesting or weird with the inside of their guts, but uh, you know, everybody that's building these pedals are putting a lot of work into it, and an overwhelming majority are signing the back of them, putting a, a, you know, putting some sort of personalized touch on them. So, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and if not that, just appreciate what's inside the pedal too. So crack those things open. All you got to do is unscrew it and there could be a world of enjoyment inside. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't break it. (laughs) Weird. I know, I know some of the Carolines you'll, you'll find like, um, like individually written notes in there that you know they'll write in one pedal and that's it yeah yeah and uh uh earthquaker does a lot of that stuff too and exactly i think it's i think it's pretty fun pretty cool mr black does it yeah uh and uh our friend uh champion lecky oh yeah oh yeah woolly oh he he has a lot of fun with that too uh so anyways well so what where are you going from from here i know you've got you you know you got a handful of pedals uh we didn't mention all of them but um i'm assuming you know with each pedal that you put out you're getting a little bit more reach you're getting a more uh, notoriety uh Mm -hmm. you're growing your audience where where are your plans to go from here right now i'm working on actually converting the vhd to a surface mount board um just so I can basically keep up with the band at this point because stuffing it's, I think it's 34 resistors and 36 capacitors. I think, wow, um, it gets a little tiring with, especially with my schedule. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to get them in as many hands as I can. Um, I actually have the prototype done for the, um, the surface mount one and I've been a being it and it sounds exactly the same as the hand wired one. That's great. Um, I mean, it's still going to be hand assembled and I'll be doing it here once I get the boards in here. Right. But, uh, it's the same circuit. Scott, you mentioned with your schedule, uh, I just want to bring up a fact, you know, this is something that we talked about early on when we connected and started a conversation online um, you mentioned that you were, you know, you're a single parent and you're yep. working and then you are b- building these things till your eyes, you know, you can't, till you can't see. Would you mind talking about that at all? No, it's totally, 
I'll definitely talk about that. Um, yeah, I, I work as an engineer for a machine shop um, where, where we're machining uh, aircraft parts, um, like a lot of government stuff, um, helicopter parts, uh, stuff like that. Um, before that, I was working a uh, similar job, but for a ceramics company um, where I was programming CNCs and ordering tools and everything, but it was all a lot of medical stuff, mm-hmm. um, making parts for ocular implants and pacemakers and everything like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, so to relax, I build pedals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, the relaxing part, that's interesting because you know, I, th- I think that there is a, you know, it's worth mentioning you don't build pedals as your day job and you don't have a group of people building these pedals and anybody that's raising a, uh, you know, a kid, especially if you're a single parent doing that, like, man, that yep. that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, it, it's SNK originally had a different meaning, but now it means uh, Scott and his kid. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Noted. So, <laughs> uh, and uh, she's very happy to be involved in it. That's cool. cool. Very cool. Yeah. So if you get a hold of these, then then you know, like, hey, this wasn't uh, this wasn't one of you know a million pedals made by a whole bunch of people. This is like Scott working his you know hands to the to the bone, super super late at night, on top of everything else he's doing. And you know, you don't have to do this. You're you're clearly doing it because you love doing it. Absolutely. That's cool. I mean, um, I was able to connect with, uh, Kurt Ballou from God city studios. Uh, and he plays guitar in a band called converge, um, and over some pedals. And we ended up striking up a friendship and end up talking, you know, well beyond the, the transaction of a pedal. Mm-hmm. And he brought me in on a project to, build a pedal for the band and what was originally going to be a hundred piece order turned into a 200 piece order. Wow. Yeah. So I built, um, and that was it. I built 200 for him and they, that's, that's the end a, of it. We're never going to build them again. That's a lot of late nights, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, but the nice thing with that is that, uh, turn it into a, a, a a nice little payday for me that at this point, instead of going towards gear or anything, uh, that's what pays for my kids daycare. That's awesome. So that's awesome. Well, uh, much respect to those who are handling that kind of a situation, much like yourself. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a hard thing, like I said, to, with that kind of responsibility, but, but, um, I can only imagine in, in, in the, you know, single situations, it's even, even harder. So I appreciate that you are carrying out your passion and your, your sort of life's enjoyment work, uh, and that it's being, uh, passed over to the, to the rest of us who get to, who get to play this stuff. It's really great. Yeah. It's just really, really validating when I hear somebody, um, gets it and enjoys it and, uh, can get use out of it. I like the form of it all, but I do, I really like that there's some function to it. Well, as an engineer at heart, uh, it's got to be able to, do, you know, be cool to do something fun with with 
your all of your smarts that isn't ocular implants or helicopter <laughs> parts <laughs> uh cool man well thank you so much for sharing your story and especially that last part i know that you know that's highly personal but um i hopefully the people that are listening can either relate to it or at least just give you a you know a little nod like you know right on man we're gonna go into our next little segment here all right. It is time for Would You Rather. This week's, like, that was a good one. Thank you. This week's Would You Rather. Would you rather have a 1950s reissue Gibson Flying V Carina? You know, in the 1950s come with the, you know, the PAFs and the and the nice big gold triangle-y thingy, the tailpiece and the the larger Gibson uh, logo on yeah. the headstock yeah, and the, the molded plastic one. Yeah, like just it looks like the fifties. The reissue. The, the reissue. reissue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't afford a real one. No, I can't. You know? Yeah, we. As a matter of fact, we saw an original, the famous Amos fifties flying V. Yes, the, uh, Joe Bonamassa's. Yeah, I actually a, got. I got to play it. That's he, which was yes. crazy. Wow. I said no thanks. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't want it to I, be in my hand. I would say probably no. I would actually. I would play it. I didn't. You I, got to. You yeah. Got, how many? How many? How many chances in in this life are you going to have the actually touch one of those next year when it comes again <laughs> we won't have that we may not okay have back one. to the thing come on so <laughs> the 50s reissue you, you know it, it's a great guitar or or and, spend and, a and little to be clear is it is that 50s reissue that that is a, a factory reissue or is this just like a, a factory a factory or even Fa- custom shop okay 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 custom shop or factory i mean i think you're gonna get around the same quality maybe yeah. okay I don't know. Okay. Uh, or mm-hmm. you have a choice. You can go with the 1980s flying V2. Curvier, mm-hmm. carved up. Choppy chop chop. More aerodynamic y. Boomerangs. Um, boomerang pickups. That's now, the most notable thing about that guitar. Right. And those pickups are, are significantly hotter as well. Um, and ve- and I would assume very expensive, very to expensive to point. replace because they oh, they okay. only made so many of those for only that guitar. Now the '50s Flying V, you know, reissue that's just going to have your birth buckers or you know whatever what have right, you PAF right. style rectangle. Where these V2 pickups are very rare. You destroy one of those, you're you're going to be into one for three hundred bucks just to replace it. Yeah. Wow. However, it's very cool, um, very different. It's got a smaller pick guard, uh, smaller Gibson logo on the headstock. Just really weird shaped, you know. Yeah, it's got the scalloped as like a it's, scalloped edges. Yeah, it's, it's like interesting. They just took a '50s reissue or '50s style and they just carved like it a, up, kind of like an old coffee table kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think actually wasn't the body laminated too. So in those little scallops, that's right. Yeah, you can see the layers of wood. Yeah, yeah. very very interesting. Yeah. Okay, uh, Tony, you held the first one, the the original one, the the Amos. Which one are you going for? Well, <laughs> I mean, in this case. I mean, if you're telling me, if you're asking, would I like an original one versus no, no, <laughs> got to be a reissue, <laughs> got to be the reissue. So I, I have always as, as ugly or beautiful, depending on which way you're looking at mm-hmm. it as those eighties V twos were, I, I, there's just something I, I, I tend to gravitate towards the oddball guitars. Yeah. So I'm voting for the eighties V two only because it's just, it, it, 
I think in this case, it's probably almost as rare as you know some of the the fifties and some of the seventies models. Well, the parts even. Yeah, the parts. That's the thing. I mean, those pickups, as as Jared said, you they were just they made them just for that model. They're very rare. Okay, so maybe maybe Gibson can actually reissue those. Maybe or Jared Scott. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, this is a this is a hard call. Because I, I don't like flying bees. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, so I would pick the one that has the higher resale value. <laughs> <laughs> so I can flip it and buy another Les Paul. There you go. <laughs> hey. Wow. Jared, how about yourself? Uh, as much as I love the 50s and all that kind of good stuff, um, I'm just staring at the one I actually have. I'm going to go with the V2 because because of the really? rare. Yes, because okay. of the rarity and because of you know what basically what Tony said. But yeah, they only made so many of of those pickups. So I I don't know. I just want to see what they sound like. I I actually don't know what they sound like. I'd love to see, hear what they actually do sound like. Never heard them before. So. Yeah. Well, next guitar show, let's go with the V2. Yeah, let's yeah, go. If we that. see one, I'm going to just test one out just out of curiosity. All right. Well, I'd sooner try to st- stick a couple uh cherry pits up my nose than play the V2. So, I'm <laughs> It's all visual to you I, anyway. I want to play it. That's the whole thing. It's like I wouldn't if if it was if it was just a value thing, I'd sit in my room and the, the, or probably sell it like Scott, which would bring both of our values down. So that I don't want to hurt his <laughs> chance of flipping that guitar. Uh, so I'm going with the 50s reissue by a landslide. Okay. All right. We'll see who's right in the long run. I guess so. Uh, okay. So let's see here. Scott, where can folks find you? Uh, easiest place is www.snkpedals.com. Uh, and you can also find me on Facebook, uh, just under my name. Uh, or there's an SK pedals uh, Facebook page. I try to be res- as responsive as I can. So, any questions, hit me up. Cool. And Instagram, uh, pretty responsive. I will uh, happily, I you know, that's how I got a hold of you. So, uh, Tony, how about yourself? Well, let's just say you're looking for a custom pick guard. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to change up the materials. Maybe you want to change up the pickups. Maybe you want to put in. Some boomerang V pickups. Wow! Into it's, your Les Paul. Yep. They just paid or your Stratocaster. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Go over to pickguardian.com dot mm-hmm. and uh, you know shoot me a line. You can. There's a link for email there. You can also check out some of the projects. Include I just posted today the uh, the uh, Joe Bonamassa flying V that he or this is the flying V that Joe Bonamassa signed for me. Excellent. Some photos yeah. of that. That was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, that's, I go to Facebook too, but yeah, more, more active All on the Instagram. Places. You got to make one for this flying V right here, bud. What's that? A pick guard. A pick guard. Well, of course I will. Yeah. Jared, how about you? Okay. So if you guys need some brand new, really cool custom made pickups or some old looking new custom made pickups for whatever, uh, give me a shout. Uh, Jared at brandonwildpickups.com. Brandonwild pickups. Right on. Tony, we have some people to thank. We do. We do. We really need to thank these people. And I haven't done this for a while, so I can't remember, Todd. I've been do doing you, a pretty good do, job. Do you like it when I do the the extended version where I really 
uh, yes. create a story, if you will. I, yes. I think I think we've got an overwhelming response on the not that version. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you reminded me yes. because I, I couldn't remember. I hadn't yes. done it in such a long period of time. Well, let's just say that you like to support things like podcasts. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and you've got you know a little money, a little scratch burning couple a hole in your pocket here and there, a couple bucks. Head over to Patreon.com and see what we have to offer. You can become a patron. You can help us out. You can make yourself feel good. You can sponsor it for someone else. Yeah. In someone else's name. That would be great, too. There's a couple different levels that you can do it. Each level has its own share of uh, gift items. Yep. And uh, the top, the toppest of the poppest is our executive producer level. It is. Before you go there, I want to I want to just throw out that each of the other levels are so, so important to us. They really, truly are. And at, at the $1 and $5 level, like honestly, for what, three cups of coffee, you can help support us for a whole year Yeah, Mm -hmm. for, uh, less than a used, you know, regular, almost any old pedal, even a, even a Behringer, you know, whatever, uh, you can actually support us at a $5 level for a whole year. Um, maybe not a Behringer, but yeah, you know, yeah, something <laughs> an old like tube scream or something like that. It all uh, helps people. Yeah. Um, don't pay attention to the, any of the pedal comparisons that I just said. I chose two really <laughs> bad examples, <laughs> but the point is it, 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 it just helps us out so much. So thank you. And it does. It really does. And we were talking a little bit about the executive producer level where you get that t-shirt and a whole bunch of other prizes. But yep. most of all what what is the bo- the biggest thing you get your name read on the thing and that's what i'm gonna do right now do it to it okay let's start from our original patron yes sir mr tom barazin my man martin cliff david wolfson matt brammer carlos mancha pete marshall robin smith John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean S. Chris Kearney, John Anglin, Robert Marfleet, Darren Gregory, Gary Goodman, and Son Beckett. Woohoo! Zach J. Wright, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Brad Partridge, Doug Gann, Corey Nigro, and Ken Sayers. We love you all. Yes, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. These are people that we say every week and we can say them pretty much by heart now and and it it means a lot. So thank you. Everybody, we so much appreciate you hanging out for the ride here. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, it was great talking with you. Uh, Make sure everybody go check out his pedals. Uh, Check out some, some, uh, you know, good reviews on them and some demos and stuff. They're really excellent, uh, excellent pedals. So, uh, we'll be looking for new things on the horizon from you. And in the meantime, everybody have a great guitar week and subscribe. Good to have you back. Tony baloney. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time. <laughs>